gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit, that is a hype up. That is a way to hype up. What's good, my friends? We live yet? YouTube live stream? Yes, we are. Now we are. Fuck yes. What a way to hype up. Welcome, my friends. Yoga's on Minasan to Social Q&A Live episode. This is 55. This is the old Goji Goban. Cold approach versus online dating. We're going to talk about some real tactics here today because the tides are turning with this world pandemic, this coronavirus. Those of you who have been in uh, Europe, have, uh, or at least in certain parts of Europe, have had a bit of freedom the past month and a bit and been able to go out and meet people. Now the tides are turning. Everyone down here in Australia, for the most part, has been on uh, lockdown, Melbourne particularly, but the tide's turning in Melbourne now. And now people are able to go out in Melbourne, or well, the beginnings. So... With the toning of tides, we need to reframe our perspective around this online dating and what we're doing out here. What are we doing out here? This is actually just a podcast primarily for my clients because I've got clients that span the entire world. And for those that have seen tremendous action, 30-day challenges over the last month and a bit uh, in Europe, going out on tons of dates, doing the real thing, just learning about themselves in relation to others in the real organic space, in the space of seeing a woman on the street, seeing a woman, well, not in a club, 
when that returns, but in a real physical space and getting to meet her for the first time, you know, that's the way it should be. And we're going to talk about growth potential here. We're going to talk about the weight of lessons. And I want to start things very light, uh, which is why I was just hyping myself up to uh, some not a original soundtrack. But I want to say hi to some of you guys in the chat. Well, actually, wait, just before I do. But then we we'll also want to talk about how some of you have been spending too much time in the shade, how the shade has been too comfortable for a lot of you, particularly in Australia, uh, who have been in really harsh lockdown, haven't been able to meet people, and you've been relying on online dating. And when you spend too much time in the comfort and the easiness, your perspective around what it means to actually meet people, go out and meet people, and to improve who you are and to develop into a being of supreme excellence the shade can mis- mess with your mind. Right? That easiness of online dating can mess with your mind and make you very complacent, very complacent. So that's what we're going to get into today. And then I'm also going to, that's, we're going to start very light, just tactics for those of you. We're going to talk about some hypotheticals, particularly if I had an 18-year-old or 19-year-old son in both scenarios, if he's been not able to go out and do cold approach and only has online dating and the reverse we're going to get both of those scenarios. So no matter who you are, we'll get you covered. And uh, yeah, if you guys are new to Social Q&A Live, this is a time now where we've got a preloaded question, context. We hit that first, and then we get to open Q&A, which means I'll address any of your questions on dating, social dynamics, relationships of any kind. You can just drop those in the chat box right there. And uh, it would be most appreciated if you guys are here live watching right now, just to drop a thumbs up on this video. It uh, helps support the channel, helps support what's going on here. And... Later on, when we do get to open Q&A, for those of you that would like to donate to the channel and help support this uh, show, you can use a super chat, which gets your question bumped to the top. I give more time to it, but that all comes in good time. I'll just address some of you guys in the chat. We're going to get straight into content here. I'm fucking hyped up. I am pumped up for this session. Uh, I got to I gotta steady the ship here. Now I got to zoom this shit in as well. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so first person up in the chat is Ben. Hi. Good to have you, Ben. Good to have you here. He says, hey, Adam, good to see you. Ben, World, uh, World Ball Facebook Group member. We've also got Light up in here saying, e-dating isn't dating. I understand why people went online dating because they want to date foreigners, but it just never works because the person is never there. Yes, sir. Eh, okay, interesting. Well, online dating certainly is n- not regular dating. I agree with that, but the rest of it is, rest of what he says is a little, little strange. Uh, Anumina Melon Mina Malone says, I applied to the Facebook group, but never got a response back. If you applied to the Facebook group, you wouldn't get a response. You have to submit an application through the website at boldoja.com and, uh, and the processes go through that. If you just try and add the Facebook group, uh, which I noticed a few people tried to do, uh, yeah, that's not the process. So what I'd recommend is you go back to my channel, go to type in World Ball Facebook group, watch the video, follow the process. And yeah, it can take me anywhere between one to two weeks to get back, depending on your uh, application. So anyways, guys, uh, and then Light also came up with a question saying, how do you deal with anxiety when doing cold approach? So Light, I can address that. That's a more broader general question. We can get to an open Q&A. But for now, we're going to get straight into content. So let's do it. Okay. So I talked about growth potential before and when we're setting up the contents for this podcast. Growth potential is everything when looking at cold approaches versus online dating. And you should run this. We're going to run this through a story. We're going to run this through the hypothetical of if I had an 18-year-old to 19-year-old son right now who 
particularly for my clients that are in Australia. I want to make it quite relevant to them because they're the ones that are actually going to be on the receiving end of this now, now that you can start going out more freely in Australia. And uh, the lessons will apply for those of you around the world when that time comes for you as well. So if my 18-year-old son came to me today and said, listen, dad, we can start going out again, but for the last, what, it's been eight months, I've just been mainly using online dating. And we've got to keep perspective here, guys. I've never given respect to online dating. If you guys have been following my content for long enough pre-COVID, I always just laughed in the face of online dating. It was always just bonus XP. It was bonus XP. It was junk food. I think that's the main way I refer to it as. It's never going to be your main stake because of the growth potential, because of the weight of lessons that you learn. However, because of the COVID situation, we found ourselves in a very peculiar situation. We found ourselves in which that now online dating is the only thing we could use. So I had to give you guys a pass. And when the COVID first came down, I made an entire podcast about using online dating. We've done a lot of online dating content since COVID arose. But that's shade. It's shade. It's easy. It's comfortable. And now that that time has passed for a lot of people who are in Australia right now, and now all of a sudden the potential, because now, well, we don't get that pass anymore. The, the pass I gave you guys and that you were allowed to give yourselves to go and use online dating heavily as that that was now your main stake for social interaction and improving your social dynamics, that was a necessary evil because it's, it's just the best we could do with what we had. You can't, we couldn't go out on the, on the streets. You couldn't go out in the clubs and bars and to be able to meet people and to hone your craft. But now that that time's passed, perspective needs to shift. So I've got an 18-year-old right now, let's say, let's say I do, and he said the last eight months I've been using his online dating, what's the first? And we also need to take the absolute beginner in mind. This, as always, for this type of content, we always keep in mind the lowest common denominator. So let's say that he's unconsciously incompetent, he's at the beginning of his journey, and he's been using this online dating for the last eight months. Says to me, what to do? What do I do now? The first thing I'm instructing him to do is to remove those apps. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and whatever one you may have signed up to, but those are the the key three. Those need to be shut down. You don't need to ever see those again uh, for quite some time. For quite some time. If you... Now, the advice I'm giving here is going to be based on where you are in the journey. Like I said, that's why I set up before. Unconsciously incompetent. He's at 12 o'clock, the beginning on the journey of the clock face of his social dynamics, right? which means that he doesn't even know how bad he is. He doesn't even know what he doesn't even know. He's at the very beginning of his journey of learning about himself and in relation to others. So it's been okay. It's been okay for the last eight months for you to be using uh, the three key online dating apps. But now what I'm saying is those are only a hindrance. The, those dating apps are a disease on the spirits of beings who want to go out there and improve who they are. They're a disease because you'll never get the same level of growth and you'll never get the same level of weight behind the lessons. So you're by continuing to use online dating apps when the potential to now go out and to use the real physical space to go and meet people is actually available, you're only inviting disease. You're slowing yourself down. You're actually agreeing that I don't want to grow. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with being the low-level shrimp that I was. And, you know, if I get a day two here or there with a girl through an online dating app, that's good enough. Yeah, and that's fine if you want to make that decision. But I'm assuming if you're listening to this content on Spotify, Apple, on the podcast, or on YouTube here live, 
I'm assuming that if you're here, it's because you want to become the strongest version of yourself, that you want to eclipse who you were a year ago, that you want to be the person you envision at 70, 80, and 90 years old, and that whoever that's going to be, there's, there's a certain path to that, a path that we like to reverse engineer. So you can even just think of that right now. How do I get to be the person I want to be at 70 years old? In this moment, is it by continuing to use and be dependent upon these online dating apps, or is it to actually go out there and do the real thing, to do the thing that actually tests and challenges you, that actually puts you through the fire? Because there is no fire with online dating, which is why there is no, the growth potential is so low and that the weight of lessons is so light. So, so that's the overall principle here. Starting off, number one, tactics. If you're now able to go out and meet people in the real space, delete the apps. I mean, do this right now. Don't even give yourself the potential to, uh, to open them. Just delete the apps, make it as hard as possible to access them. And so you know, because you'd have to reinstall them, you'd be making a conscious decision to regress in your progress, in your development, if you do them. So delete those apps straight up. And then now get our focus on what we actually need to do. So... If you guys can understand that, and we're going to take a pause there and now just step to, maybe not to facade, but to a slightly different thing in which that, well, surely online dating can be of some use, right? If we flip the perspective, is it really necessary to delete them, Adam? Like what, what if I had a few, a few connections there? What if I had a little bit of success there and before? And therein lies the key for those of you that hit me with that. What about, I actually, for some of you and for some of my clients, actually met some really awesome women throughout this latest eight months. It's hard to say quickly. Actually had some really awesome connections. Actually maybe even found yourself in some open and free casual relationships uh, over the last eight months through this COVID situation. Surely it could be of some benefit still going forward. And this is my response to that. Where are you in your social development? Pre-COVID, were you consciously competent in being a direct, congruent, and authentic male. Which means that you're able to bring the very best of your 50 in a cold interaction. Which means you see a woman on the street, you see a woman in the coffee shop, in the airport, you're in a bar, you're in a club, whatever, wherever you are, and you're able to wholesomely rely on yourself. There's a bedrock of confidence uh, within yourself in that no matter where I am or who it is, I will do the very best that I can. I will bring the very best of my 50. And then that 50 in and of itself, what do we mean when we say 50, guys? Intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, vibe, that all of these five things are competent. They are good enough so that if I'm with a cold interaction and a cold human being in front of me, they could trust me, right? First off, that the attraction would be sparked. And then secondly, the trust would ensue after that in which that we could carry through this interaction long enough so that we could get out into an isolated space on a day two, on a day three, really get to know each other, really get to feel if there's a, what kind of moons are happening here? What kind of level of moon do we have? Do we have a regular moon here? Do we have a blue moon here? What kind of moon do we have here? And that's just for, for those of you that aren't hardcore, haven't seen that podcast. What level of connection do we have with each other, etc., on a psychological, but also physical, sexually, emotional space? To what degree did you have competence in everything I just described pre-COVID? If you were consciously competent, which means on the clock face of social dynamics from 6 p.m. and up, right? That's the third and fourth quartile from 6 to 9 and 9 to 12. 
That's conscious competence and then above into unconscious competence. If you had that pre-COVID, then you probably don't need to delete the online dating apps. If you're telling me that you had already, mastered is not the correct word, but had proven efficacy that you could go out anytime, anywhere, not hesitate, meet her and carry her. Meet her. It's not just for some of you, you might think that, oh, well, pre-COVID, I was able to, you know, maybe go out to a woman here and there. I might be able to go walk up to her in the bar. I might be able to walk up to her at the club if I had enough sauce on me. Or if, if you're in the day, you know, it might take me a couple of hours, but I might be able to do it. It's like, well, first off, that's not confidence. That's not competence or confidence. That is, uh, that, that is the bare minimum. The fact that you even did something, that's great, but it's certainly not competent if it's taking you hours to do that or if you require liquid courage to do that. So that doesn't count. But, but also, I mentioned not just, not just meet her, but carry her. It's the, some of you are in your journeys, 12 to 3, yeah, you're just learning how to engage in interaction. In your first quartile of learning in social dynamics, you're just learning to overcome yourself, really. Like all of your limiting beliefs, all of your paper walls, all of your egoic attachments in this life to why you're so deathly afraid of meeting a random human being. And I don't want to underplay those too much because I know they're real in your mind. They're not real outside in actual reality, but they're real in your mind until you tear them down, which can only come through experience, of course. But that's 12 to 3. That's just the beginning of your journey. Learning to overcome yourself. There's actually not a lot of social dynamics being learned in 12 to 3. See, this brings a massive smile to my face. This is one of the biggest pleasure points for me that I get to coach clients through on their pain. The pain of going through the first quartile of 12 to 3, which is unconscious incompetence in going out and practicing social dynamics, that is just learning to overcome yourself. You, are, you don't really learn much about Let's talk about the micro tactics of actually stopping someone on the street and going open, qualification, investment, close, being in a bar, open, qualification, investment, close, the OQIC, wherever you are, in the airport, in the coffee shop, in the library, learning to handle all the nuances of a random human interaction. Does the, the boyfriend comes in, you didn't realize she had a boyfriend? Does some random guy on the street try and interrupt? Does, uh, does she provide you a really cold 50? She's giving you nothing and you have to learn to stay in the pocket and show that it doesn't bother you. So many different lessons, so many different faces and everything I'm describing right there is actual social dynamics. But before you have access, my friends, before you have access to actual social dynamic learning, you have to first overcome yourself. If it takes you three hours to go out there and meet someone it's very lit. You're probably going to be exhausted by the time that's done. And so getting another nine interactions in, because 10 is the sweet spot. We look at if you're doing a 30-day challenge, you want a, it's a minimum five interactions a day. But the first five are burn tickets. And burn tickets, as I described for my clients, they are going to be rubbish. So get them done as soon as possible so that we can actually start learning. So even in a micro sense, you can see the way that I design programs for people uh, reflects the macro principle of that, the macro principle of where you are in your journey in life, but also is in congruence with where you are in the day, where you are in the night. Your first five are going to be rubbish, as is the very beginning of your journey. You've got to be rubbish. Why? Because it's taking you hours in the micro to just even go up to one person, which is, what does that mean? 
you're dealing with so much anxiety, so many nerves, you're, you're drinking too deeply on your own limiting beliefs, causing them to appear real. You enter a haze, an illusion, a delusion. But as you start to progress through this stage of the journey and you get more and more reps, more and more experience of putting yourself in the fire, ah, there's that word again, the fire, I just simultaneously think about, hey, that fire is not present in online dating, is it? Hmm, isn't that interesting? Anyways, put that to the side. We'll come back to that. More and more time in the fire. You know, stepping in the fire, one step at a time, two steps at a time. You get burnt, back out, go again, two steps at a time. What is that? Every day, every night, 30 days in a row to begin with. Then five to seven day action blocks after that. And it just keeps rolling, keeps progressing. Relentless action times by accurate, uh, accurate feedback through the use of audio recordings, if you haven't made video recordings for sure. And then finally, the third piece being guided, guided by a sound mind. Relentless action, accurate feedback, and sound guidance. If you can times all three of those things together, or anyone, I don't care how low you are on the social dynamics journey, I don't care how hard case you are, if you can times those three things together, you're going to grow. You're going to do better. You're going to be better than you were yesterday. And for some of you, it might be years, it might be years down the line uh, before you maybe reach what you determine to be your success. Yet what you miss is that the success is in the day. The, small, the win is in the day. The win is in the night. Just the fact that you completed one more day, one more night. You know, it's when you compound your relentless action, accurate feedback, sound guidance over days, over nights, over time. That's when success arrives. But a success never really arrives, does it? Success is built. And it's built in the hardcore action every single day. So, when we get past three, now you're starting to go into conscious incompetence on the clock face. Three to six. What does that mean? That you suck. You still suck. You're 50. It's still not there. But you know it now. You know what's wrong. You know what you need to do to fix it. But it's going to take a lot more time for it to do so. Now, the reason why I went into this kind of foray and filleting of the social dynamics journey for you guys is what we're talking about. We're talking about, is it really necessary to delete and to not even allow myself online dating access? And I said, based on where you are in the journey, you're an absolute beginner. It's, it's not even a question. If you are consciously, sorry, if you are in, unconsciously incompetent, it's not even a question. You need to delete those apps and pretend they never existed. No Tinder for you. However, if you are consciously competent, it's a different story. But there's something I want, there's something missing there. Conscious incompetence. Most, hmm, maybe most is not the right word, but a lot, let's just say a lot, a, a good amount of my clients either come to me, found their way to me, maybe before they even worked with me, in conscious incompetence. Right? That's where most of my clients have an entry point with me. And so, like I said, this podcast is very... It's actually kind of like a, just a, a personal podcast for a lot of my clients who are about to deal with this right now, who are able to go out now, which is if you were consciously incompetent pre-COVID, which means that, I don't, so you could actually go out and meet people, be it in the night or the day, but you sucked. You really sucked. You had no congruence, no consistency in your 50. I speak to these guys now. 
Especially these guys now. And you've been you've been you've been taking a lot of a lot of handfuls from the honeypot of online dating over the last eight months. And now it's time for you to get back. You guys are in the most dangerous part of it all. You guys are in the absolute core of the volcano. Because you know. You know what it was like. You remember failing. You remember being incompetent. You remember uh, having girls flake day after day, having situations in which that you knew I actively made that mistake and there's nothing I could do about it. It's like I knew I was making the mistake while I was making it, but I couldn't do anything about it. And I say that with a smile and a laugh because it's my favorite lessons. Like those are the best lessons. The ones you know, like you know you're rushing, you know you're uncentered, you know you're not being as direct as you need to be, you know you're not leading as hard as you should be, but for the life of you, you can't do it. That's your level, that's your ceiling right there, only to be broken through the next day. But for those of you now, it's even more important for you to delete those online profiles, those online dating apps. It's even more important because you're the most likely to slip back. You're the most likely to maybe go out now that you can once or twice, realize how fucking difficult it is, realize the weight, realize the weight of the lessons, realize the potential of growth, which sounds like a good thing, but actually is terrifying. The reason why most people don't follow through with cold interactions and the journey of learning cold interactions is because it's terrifying how great they could be. It is not that they frame it that way in their minds, but from a third coaching perspective, that's, that's what it looks like if you take a step back. It's that you realize the power of being able to delete yourself, empty yourself, and then reflect someone else, and that how the power behind that applies to every single other facet of life, whether you're in business, you're dealing with clients, whether you're looking to just go out and help a random stranger, whether you're looking to build communities, whether you're looking to uh, develop social circles, all of these pillars of social dynamics to improve your, your family life, your relationships with your brother, your mother, your dad, your, your sister, old friends, repair old bridges that you had burned down. Everything in this life is based on human interaction. That's all we're here for. That's all we're here for. We got these podcast mics, we got this Instagram, we got the... I said last week, the sedative of society is heavy. The machine is heavy. And it likes and it allows you to believe that that at the very core, human interaction is not so important. You know, for for all your time spent in your phone and all your time spent on your laptop and in your isolation. It's like that's not how we evolved. That's not how we grew to be who we are now. We're entering a very dark stage in which that and we've got to talk about this with the on, online dating. I said before, online dating is a disease. It is a disease for those who are looking and so inclined to improve who they are. We'll get that's there's some there's some really deep shit I want to hit you guys with later on in this podcast uh, to do with a transformative experience I had last night. But it's a, too soon for that. Too soon for that. So let's stay uh, aligned here on what I was talking about before. If you're consciously incompetent. You still need to delete your online dating apps. They have no use for you. In fact, if anything, they will they will degrade you to the point of which that you'll never be able to go out again. You'll never be able. You will never feel the confidence in being able to go back into the real fire because you spent so much time in the shade. You spent so much time in the shade. Now, for consciously incompetent people, as I said before, they remember what it was like, which is going to make it harder. 
pre-COVID for them to be able to go back out again. But but this is the this is where the buck stops, and I'll finish this point with them, is that if you are consciously incompetent in cold interaction, you have not earned the ability to use online dating apps. It's like, what makes you think you weren't that? Online, online dating apps put you through no fire. Put you through no fire. They put you through no adversity other than the adversity of having to swipe and the physical expenditure of calories to swipe, right, to type a message. Now, what, what busting of limiting beliefs, what busting and tearing down of paper walls is there in an online dating app space? Now, and now I think we're going to start to talk about now the growth potential versus weight of lessons really starts to come in. Oh, there's so much to get to. But we'll finish this point here. You haven't earned it. You have not earned it. Online dating apps should be looked at as a pleasure that is earned through the pain. Right? Now, what's interesting is that if you go through the pain, you go through the fire of actually learning to improve who you are in relation to others in an organic space such as face-to-face, eye-to-eye, what you realize is how, how ridiculous online dating apps are and how you don't even want to use them. Let's take me for an example here, being unconsciously competent, full, full circle, clock face, otherwise I wouldn't be here, Koji. For the last eight months, it has been a pain in my heart that the only thing that has been of access is online dating. It's just I look out, I open it up, and I go, I guess I'll use it because it's the only thing that is available to me right now when you're in lockdown. But it's, it's bullshit. And then when I actually go out on dates from uh, these online dating apps, it's like the only thing that, that I'm left with is a residue of this is nothing like what it should have been. This is nothing like what it should have been. And this is nothing against the girls that I met over the last eight months and the women I met over the last eight months through online dating apps. Nothing against them. It, was the product, it wasn't their fault and it wasn't my fault either. It's the fault of the machine. It's the fault of the space of learning to... of inspiring an interaction through pixels without an exchange of energy, which is what we human beings are founded upon. Social cues. There are no social cues. There's like two, one or two in our online dating space. One or two. And then if you have a physical human space, exchange of real energy, it is infinite. These social cues are infinite from all the things of your intent, eyes, vocal, body, vibe, and that's just five that are really key. But there are things well beyond that as well that I never get to learn, never get to see. So let me just really hammer this in for you. When I go to a new city, now it's obviously pre-COVID, but pre-COVID I used to travel half the year. I'd be in different countries, different cities half the year. And I don't even open online dating apps when I go to other countries. Why? Because I don't want to be robbed. I don't want to be robbed of the purity and the ecstasy, the euphoria of what a real human interaction is. It's like when I, when I get into New York, the last time I was coaching boot camp in New York, it's like I don't even want to, like the thought goes through my mind, it's like, you know, the Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. It's like, no, it's like, why would I even use these? What if it weren't somehow, if, what if I met a girl on that online dating app that I could have met on the street, that I could have met in a club, and we could have had, the most amazing experience from the very beginning, as organic as it possibly could be. I don't even want to entertain that. I don't even want that to be a possibility. So that's the mindset and perspective from someone who actually has earned it, who has been through all the fire, who who, who could enjoy that pleasure. 
But for those of you that haven't, for those of you that haven't been through the fire, that cannot go up consistently and effectively, either in the day or in the night, to an attractive being of the other sex and to provide direct, congruent, authentic principles with a rock-solid OQIC, Open Qualification Investment Close. It's like, where do you get the chops? Where do you get the, the hoodsford to think that, oh, no, I'll, still, I'll keep my online dating apps. I've earned that. What did you earn? What pain did you push through? None. Zero. So there's that. So for the different angles right there, that's just hopefully that's a pretty watertight case. I can't imagine anyone coming to me now with a with an argue, with a rebuttal saying, no, this this is why I should be able to use online dating apps in lieu or instead of doing the real thing when that is now available. So we're gonna take a pause there. I'm gonna address some of you guys in the chat, and then we're gonna move to growth potential and the weight of lessons. And this is where shit's gonna get emotional and shit's gonna get deep. Hope you guys are ready. I like to start things very tactically and very light, and then we get deeper and deeper as it goes on. Okay. Ben High comes in saying, I've never been keen on the dating apps personally. Only time I've ever used Tinder was to prank my roommate by making a spam, spam account of him. That's, that's ruthless, Ben. You guys must have a tight relationship if you're going to do that. If that goes on saying, I was just reflecting on my own unconsciously incompetence just today. My own unconscious incompetence yesterday. And how bad I asked a girl out to a dance. How bad I asked a girl out to dance I had no business doing back in high school. Honestly helped me to realize my incompetence though. Yeah, for sure. Those are the those are the great memories though, man. Those moments when you're unconsciously incompetent or when you are consciously incompetent and you're making those mistakes. Uh, it's, a, it's a lesson in and of itself to not move too quickly beyond them. Your mistakes are there for a reason. Your lessons are there for a reason and that they should be honored for that. If this is your pain point now, enjoy it because this moment only comes once in a lifetime. You think you want to be 12 to 12 unconsciously competent, but actually the time spent being consciously incompetent is far more, it's far more formative. It really forms who you are. So for all of my clients who are listening to this, for all of followers out there in podcast land or whatever, and you're thinking, like, I wish I could just move beyond this, this, this pain point, this sticking point, whatever mistakes you're making, it's like, don't be so quick. Don't be so quick to belabor the moment that's happening for you right now. Each lesson only comes once and only happens once in a lifetime. So enjoy for what it is. We then get Eric, aka DN Loading One, coming and saying, yo, Adam, super pumped for this potter. Good to have you, Eric. Thank you. And Infinite Paradise comes in saying, I deleted them. Good man. Good man. So let's now get, we're going to take you guys a level deeper now. Beginning of the podcast was very tactical. We're going to go a level deeper now with the weight, weight of less, growth potential and weight of lessons. This is because, yeah, like we start the podcast with a bit of a, a little bit lighter, a little bit more tactical, and it kind of just gets your minds thinking, kind of like an entree, so to speak. And now this is really the main stake. Start off like this. We talked about my hypothetical son before. 18-year-old. Let's say... Let's take... Let's let's split him or duplicate him into two copies. Say I had two of them. Two hypothetical sons, both 18. 
both unconsciously incompetent, but have been using online dating for the last eight months. And one of them now goes forward doing nothing but cold approach, nothing but cold social dynamics. That's all he does for the next year. And then you've got the other hypothetical 18-year-old son, let's just call him son B. You've got son B who goes forward only doing online dating, doesn't entertain any cold social interactions. What do you guys think about the growth potential? Here's a good class question for you guys. For those of you up here in the live chat, if you're engaged and you can answer it quick enough, what's said for the growth potential? And you have to, in order to be able to answer this question, you have to remember why they're doing it, which actually opens up a whole different can of worms, doesn't it? And actually, that's, uh, but that's, that's a little bit later on. We'll get to that in a second. Just for those of you up in the chat right now, first class question, what do you think is said for the growth potential of someone for the next year, 18-year-olds, they're at the absolute beginning of their journeys, you've got two of them, one of them only does cold social interactions, and the other one only does online dating, and is successful with it. So he's still going out on dates, he's going out on dates, he's meeting women through online dating. Think about the growth potential there. Because if you, if you're, especially for my clients, uh, if you're a client now who's, or someone who's in Australia, who's now able to go back out again, and you're thinking about potentially using this online dating still, I think within that comparison, you find, you find the growth potential. And if you made it, and then from there, it's like, how could you ever make a decision against it? And if you do make a decision against it, you know you are. And that's what it's about. It's what it's about. I'm not the type of person who says, uh, you have to, this, this is the only way of doing things, right? So if you want to continue using online dating, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. However, what you're going to shortchange is your growth potential. If I have, and actually it looks like none of you guys in the live chat are, are ready to answer that question, so whatever, I'm going to keep rolling. Today just might be more of a podcast podcast then. If you're looking at Potentially saying to some or yourself, just saying to yourself, I'll get by with online dating. I've got I got by with the last eight months, I'll get by with it. It's like that's the mentality that you've chosen. Saying that's fine. I'm not gonna say don't do that. However, what are you shortchanging? What are you leaving on the table in terms of potential growth? If I had two 18-year-old sons right now, and one of them spent an entire year just cold interactions, deletes all the apps, just as cold interactions and gets himself on the absolute journey of that in a year's time. If he does a 30-day challenge off the bat and then broken up over the rest of a year, maybe does maybe three 30-day challenges, potentially four across an entire year, but interspersed with action blocks of going out five to seven days of the week uh, in between those 30-day challenges. And of course, there's going to be rest periods as well. But you know, so but we'll say out of 12, out of 52 weeks, he's probably going to spend the next at least 48 40 to 48 week going out meeting people. Not in a row, of course, interspersed rest periods, but that's all he does. And then you got someone who only does online dating, is going out on dates, is successful with it, is still getting interactions and getting experience of other human beings through that. And we were to look at who they were and what, what level of development they reached at the end of their year. And we could bring them back together and just, just, you know, it wouldn't even be a session of like X and O's on the whiteboard and say, well, what do you know about this? What experiences do you have? What experiences do you have? That's not how I would test them. How? That's not how I would test them. It looks like some of you are coming up in the chat now. That's another question. How would I test them, guys? 
If I'm telling you that I wouldn't test these two after their year of development by doing an X and O's theoretical boardroom session and just asking about their experiences, what would be the best test to see who's developed further? See if you've got an answer to that in the chat. That's another question for you. That class question. Uh, ben Hyde coming with the first answer to the previous question of growth potential saying that growth potential for the cold approaches is leaps and bounds beyond that of the online data because he has to develop himself to the degree necessary to get out an approach. Absolutely. And that's very general, Ben. Uh, but So what the core of what you're saying there, or the real point of what Ben's saying, is a specific that lies underneath develop himself to the degree. To, to what degree Ben has not spoken of, but to what degree I will speak of, which is absolute excellence. You cannot be of anything but absolute excellence to inspire an interaction from the from nothing to create an interaction between you and someone who lights you up inside your heart and to then carry that not only in a cold space out on the street out in the club but then out on a date out in isolation where there's there's nowhere to hide it's just you too to carry that and then to carry it through a detached open and free relationship at least for the very beginning and then to maintain principles through that. And then if you decided that this was a blooming situation, that maybe we would need to come together in a monogamous situation and it's just going to be us closed and locked together now. But you earned that situation, you learned that situation, that this was that situation. That's the degree that Ben was missing in his answer there, which is absolute excellence. Now, you don't need absolute excellence to be able to go up to someone on the street or to go up in the night. You don't need to do that. That's just what I said before, the meet her, not the carry her. The carry her is the excellence. And what principle is that, my friends? What old school principle is that, that I used to just beat that drum, but I haven't had a chance to in a while? The way you meet her is only the first 10%. The way you meet her is only the first 10%. It's a very important 10%, isn't it, though? Because if you don't do it right, and if you don't do it at all, as to what Ben said to, hang on, you guys are chatting up a lot, to what Ben said, that he needs to develop himself to the degree necessary to even get out there and approach. Absolutely. That's, it's like, it's, I'm going to dive in a little harder on that for you, Ben, but before I do, I will get finish this point. But that's an interesting thing you brought up there at the end. It's coming nicely here. To be able to carry the interaction through, it's a whole different level of excellence. In fact, there's no excellence required in the first 10%. The first 10% of your, of, of your journey of learning to actually just go out and inspire an interaction, there's no excellence required in relation to someone else. That's excellence just required between you and you. But excellence required between you and you is not the same as excellence required between you and someone else. I've said it before. It's all well and good to be present with you in your bedroom. But can you be present in the fire? Can you be present under pressure? Can you be present in the face of your absolute diamond in the sky, the woman that makes your heart beat out of its own chassis? Can you be present when you're in front of 50, 100, 1,000 people, all eyes on you, right? Watching everything that you do. Can you be present then in a competition space, in an interrelation space, when there's actual fire that tests you, where there's a pass or fail moment? Can you be present then? Can you be excellent then? It's very different to be excellent in visualization sitting out there in the garden. It's very different. So, and then also just wrapping up the point there, uh, something that Ben said that was very interesting was 
to the, deg- the degree necessary to get out and approach. Because where are we at right now, guys? Talking about growth potential of online dating son, son, uh, son B, and then son A, who's just going out and doing cold approach. The person who only does online dating and maybe gets some degree of effectiveness through that, he doesn't even get the first 10% lessons. He doesn't even get those. And I've just spoken on how, I've almost given you guys the idea of how the first 10% is uh, is almost like, it's nothing. It's almost like it's nothing. It's a, just the way that you meet her is nothing. It's nothing once you get beyond the first 10%. While you're in the first 10%, while you're learning it, it's everything. Like just learning to, to not hesitate off the bat when you sit and just see and go, see and go, feel your intent, feel my heartbeat, go. Right? When you're learning that skill, that is everything. And it is, takes all of you and everything of you. And just think of that. Now, that's what son A gets over a year of development. And then son B never even got a taste. Son B, who's only doing the online dating, never got a taste of what it meant to learn. And here's a growth potential. To learn what it meant to be able to see someone and act upon your intent within microseconds to the point where a conscious thought isn't even registered. Because that's the only way the interaction is going to fly to the best of its ability. He didn't even get a taste of that. Didn't even get a taste of that. So it's right. Why? Because the interaction was already met for you on online dating. The women were already brought to you. Hey. Growth potential, you've already missed out on the formative experiences that son A and the, the, the son that goes and does cold interactions does. And let's be honest here, guys. Like I said, mm. ah, this brings in a great point of the purpose, the purpose of cold approach and the purpose of why you're doing all these things. That will be the next thing we get to. I'll right, pause that there and just address some of the rest of you in the chat. By the way, guys, if you are enjoying the session, just make sure you hit a thumbs up on the video down below. Helps both the channel. It's most appreciated. So Eric could come in next saying that cold would have, had, would have more growth. Online would probably have more, in quotes, wins, but would learn less, i.e. they'd be getting lucky, but the cold approach would have more lessons and throughout life more options. And the cold approacher would have a stronger social circle. Brilliant. Brilliant, Eric. And I love that you put wins in quotes because what that speaks to is that it's not really a win, is it, Eric? Depending on where you are in the journey. But even then, when you get unconsciously competent, aka full circle in the journey, it's it's still not it's still never perceived as a as a win. Right? It's maybe things you did within that interaction could be considered a win when you get much more developed, as in you really tested yourself, you really pushed the limits of her, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not where most guys are at. Most guys are thinking that just the fact that they got to spend time with a woman is the win. And say, well, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So well done. Uh, that's, that's a nice explanation there, Eric. Also, because you mentioned the fisherman. Eric is the first person to mention the fisherman in this podcast. Who would you rather be? Who would you rather be? Would you rather be the man who gets to eat a fish today or the man who learns to fish for his life in which that he'll never starve, he'll never go hungry? Back in back when I still had infield content live on my channel, there was a infield video that was a first-person point of view. It was in my uh, jacket. And it was when I was in London, and I just arrived in London, uh, first time coaching there. 
and I just got out of the supermarket. I got my groceries and I was heading back to the hotel and I saw this beautiful woman walk into a uh, shopping store. And so, of course, I went in there. I stopped her. I'm like, yo, I was very random. I was just buying my lettuce, getting my chicken. And, uh, and I had to say something. I thought you looked beautiful. We end up having a great interaction inside the store. And I say to her, listen, I'm going to put my shit back in my hotel. However, let's go back out in an hour. Let's go back and we'll meet up. And she's like, yeah, sure. So we have a same day date. Put my stuff back in the hotel. Go back and meet her. And this was on my, I think, first or second day being in London. And, and all of a sudden, I've inspired a whole new interaction. All of a sudden, in a city where I didn't know anyone previously, now I, mean, I'm go- now I know someone. And not only do I know someone, I'm actually getting to learn. And, I'm, and I was able to use a skill set that, that I had been training all of my, not all of my life, but I had been training for many, many years at that point. And now it's that I'm not lonely I'm not lonely in a lonely city. And that was the point of that video. I did a vlog at the end of it saying that when you learn the skill of cold human interaction, you'll never be alone. There's no way you, you'll ever be unable to interact. You can meet anyone, anywhere, anytime. That's one purpose. And now we're starting to segue into the purposes of cold interactions or the purpose of learning social dynamics in general. This is one of them. Right? Just on a very tactical skill-based level, could the same be said of someone who only does online dating. Does the person, does son A, uh, son B, sorry, does son B, the online dater for a year, does he, can he say the same thing? Could we put him in a random country and just say, all right, go meet some people? Accounting for all other factors, no. You know, just keeping the, keeping the levels level, no. But we take the son... Let's take a, and perfect to what Eric said before, Sun B might get more in quotes wins to what most guys think wins are. Okay. He might have more sex. He might go out. He might get into more relationships through online dating. Okay. Just because he gets to connect to more girls more frequently. He's going out on more dates. However, however, with Sun A, who's only doing the cold approach for an entire year, he, he will probably have less of those experiences in his first year for sure. But the value he's developed, his growth, which is where we are in this conversation, in this podcast, the, the depth of growth he has developed himself with would allow him skills, abilities, capabilities in spaces that online data couldn't fathom. If we put them both in a different country and just in a random country they've never been to before, they know no one, and we say, here you go, survive. Right, here you go, socially survive. It's, the online data will have no chance. He will, he will have to use the online dating apps, which will always be his crutch, which will always be his dependence. But the, the person who learns the real skill, the true skill, he's always going to be able to fish for life. He'll always be able to eat for life because he learned the skill. He learned the principles. Great add on there, Eric, uh, to what you said before. That was a good one. Okay, moving down the chat. Ben Hyde comes in saying, oh, so I asked you guys about what would be a good test. I kind of actually just gave you a test, but that was a little bit further before. I asked you guys from examples of some tests. Ben Hyde comes in saying, ask them to go give love to a stranger and see if they even can. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a tremendous test. And see, that's the, uh, that's the test that I gave last week to Jose, who's now in the World Bowl Facebook group. Welcome, Jose. And... Uh, 
he, I said to him last week, because he wanted to go out on a date. He was about to go on a date. He went on a date literally in the live Q&A. And like, not like he was in the live Q&A while well, he was on the date, but it was about to happen. And I gave him the test. He wanted to know how to test a human being's development in terms of socially, in terms of where they're at, in terms of their girl to womanhood development in his scenario. And I said, just go give love. Ask her to give love, see what she does. Uh, now, Jose, actually, to be fair, uh, Jose decided that wasn't the right time because she presented some shit when they rocked up on the date. That's okay. It can come at another time, but at least he now knows the test. So when Ben says, ask them to go give the, the give love test to a stranger, online data versus uh, cold approacher, cold approacher and someone who's been drilling that skill set will have no issue. Absolutely. That's a great test. I don't need to sit down then with a, in a boardroom and ask about, okay, who you've been with, what kind of experiences have you had, what kind of lessons have you learned? Right? Because anyone can talk a good game. Anyone can sweet talk me. Not anyone can show me. Show me your learns. Show me your lessons. This is, again, bringing back so many hardcore lessons and hardcore principles from five years ago when I first started the channel, which is the way that I know someone has developed, I remember like pod, BDP 1 through to 10, I used to speak about this a lot, the way that I know someone has actually been on the journey and actually developing and doing the work they need to do is that when I get back into a city and I come back a year later, all I have to do is sit down and have coffee with them and I'll know. Just let me observe their way of being. I'll know. In this example, we need a more specific test, but it's the same test. We'll see what you can do. We'll see what you can do. A cold approacher will have no problem going up and giving love to a random stranger if he's been practicing correctly. Not all cold approaches are equal, of course. Not all mindsets are equal, of course. Not all mindsets are wholesome, of course. However, he's my son, so let's take for hypothetical standpoint that he's being guided on direct, congruent, authentic principles. Then he'll have no problem giving love. Absolutely great test there. And the online data, uh, he probably won't even be able to do it. If he does somehow force himself to do it, to what level of efficiency and efficacy could he do it? Very low level. Whereas, so what, what does that mean? He might, online data might be able to force himself to get over there, but he won't be able to transfer any level of real depth. It'll be very short, very sharp. He'll try and leave straight away. He won't empty himself. He won't receive the person in front of him. There you go. But, you know, but the person who's been practicing cold human interaction, he's learned all those things. He's learned to empty himself, receive the person in front of him. So it's, it's, no, uh, it's no qualm. No qualm. That's a great test. Great test there, Ben. Eric then came in with another test. Eric came in with a test saying a test could be seeing if they could teach others. Very general. It would depend on what you mean by what they could teach, Eric. <clears throat> like I like the macro principle of what you're saying, but it would depend on a specific of what it is. So I'll just to keep the podcast rolling, I'm a I'm a roll through it. Which is that when Eric says a test could be uh, seeing if they could teach others, definitely, definitely. And what could they teach them? What does an online data have to pass on to his son? Now we've gone, we've got levels deep now. We've gone meta upon meta now in this analogy. We've taken you to a whole different realm and I love it, which is if you would now take out the year time span on son A who only does cold approach and son B who only does online dating, 
Let's take away the year stipulation. Let's just take it out to lifetime now. Let's say they spend the rest of their lives following those practices only. What does, because it's building off of Eric saying, what could they teach others? Well, you know, we go through stages. We go through stages of development in our lives. Through a certain age span, we're learning different lessons. But hopefully by the time you're 40, 50 and onwards, 40, 50 onwards, you're hopefully entering that stage of your life in which that now your primary focus isn't necessarily what can I develop and build for myself, but what can I develop and build for others? It'd be great if you could reach that stage a lot earlier, but there's no forcing that. That's your journey. But at some stage, you would hope if you're walking a correct path, a good path, a path of supreme excellence, you would eventually come across this new stage of what can I teach others? And which others are we talking about here? How about your children? If you have children, if you're going to have children. Let's say that my sons have sons. What does the online data have to teach his son about social dynamics? Oh, oh, I feel the fire already rising up. I can already feel my fucking every cell in my body just on fire. Just even thinking about that. Nothing. Nothing. He, he can teach him. He might, have, he might be able to teach him some things he learned within relationships that were born from the online dating. But even then, and now that's going to segue us into the weight of the lessons. Even then, the weight of those lessons that he learned that he might be able to pass on to his children are going to be so light so light because they had no stake. They had no blood in them. But then you take someone who's been practicing cold approach their entire life. What lessons does he have to teach to his children? My son's sons, my grandchildren, what lessons will they receive from my son who practiced cold approach his entire life? What lessons of social dynamics? All of them. He will have all of them to learn. He will be able to guide him because he has, at that stage, let's just say he's 40 or 50 by the time his son would reach 18, which means I'd probably be like 90 to 100. By the time my son's son is ready to start doing cold approach, his father would already have had 20 years plus of cold approach experience, 18 to 20 years of cold approach experience. Could you even imagine what, how much more fluid the grandson's journey would be of learning social interaction and how to interact with other human beings if he had a teacher who had 20 years plus of hardcore cold approach experience versus the online dating? It's, it's just like, well, now, of course, we're th- we are talking about something very myopic and narrow, which is just social dynamics. For those of you that uh, might get a little lost in the weeds here and thinking that, but Adam, all of life is not just social dynamics. What about the rest of the temple, Adam? What about physical, mental, and purpose? Like, that's not what this podcast is about. We are strictly speaking about the development of your social interaction. That is what we are talking about first and foremost here. I am well aware that you can have a well-developed physical, mental, and purpose without having a well-developed social. However, they're not going to be as well-developed if social was developed. But it's a symbiotic relationship. 
if you don't have a well-developed physical, mental, or purpose, then your social is going to lack. So it's all, it all works together. Okay. So we'll park that there. But so that, that wrapping up that part of the podcast, growth potential. We're taking you out generations now. So if you were even conceiving of not returning to cold approach, or even for those of you who haven't even begun it, because you've had online dating as a crutch for the last eight months or whatever because of COVID, it's like, just think about, I'm not going to tell you not to. All I'm going to say is you have to look me in the eye, which is to say, look yourself in the eye, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm okay with passing up all the growth that Adam just discussed. That it's not just my son who won't benefit, it's my son's son who won't benefit and moving forward unless they somehow took it upon themselves. But even then, they would be missing out on an investment that you could have made now. And what's the investment mentality, my friends? Someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a seed 20 years ago. That's the investment mentality. In the wise words of Ip Man, these things we do aren't for today, but for tomorrow. You know, it's it's a hard concept to understand, and we're I, but we're here now on the podcast. It's a hard concept to understand for beginners who are unconsciously incompetent or consciously incompetent that that the things they do now will have effect and relevance in twenty years, forty years time. For those of you that just shit your pants when you see an attractive woman on the street, and you you lose all sense. Your senses just go out the window. You can't even breathe. You, you're so sweaty. You're, you can't even get vocals out of you. You just freeze up and you feel like, fuck, that you can't even operate as a human being. And you're at that level of anxiety when it comes to meeting a random human being. It makes no sense that you would also simultaneously hold the idea that, no, I need to be strong now because of my grandchildren because of what lessons I will pass on to my son who will pass on to his son. It, it doesn't really mesh. It doesn't really connect. Why? Because you're so consumed in the physiological response of what's happening right now, which is great. I'm not asking you to entertain a 20 to 40 year mentality when you're literally staring down the barrel of a human interaction. Nor would I want that for anyone, regardless of where you are at the journey. But when you go home, when you go home and you reflect on your experiences, when you reflect on the fact that it took you three hours to meet five people and how much psychological pain you caused yourself along the way. And man, maybe for some of you that you walked around in, in the clubs and the bars and the street for three hours and you met no one. Because right? that's the story for a lot of guys. It was a story for me for my first two years of fucking up. I know those times too well. I've seen clients like this as well. It's then in those quiet moments when you get back to your bedroom and you realize how much of a fuck up you were of how much you just, you didn't live up to what you said you were going to do. You allowed your ego to overcome you and you stayed attached to being comfortable, to being safe. And it's in those moments that you need to remind yourself of the 20 year down the line, the 40 year down the line. It's in those quiet moments for the online daters, for those of you that were just hoping to ride out the rest of your life on this online dating magical carpet. It's in the moments where you just, in between your swipes, maybe you ran out of swipes for that day and you think about, what does this mean for who I could be that would pass on to who 
my son could be, who he could pass on to who his son would be. What potential for growth is there? What potential for lineage of excellence is there? The lineage of excellence is really what we're talking about when we're talking about that long-term mindset. So it's both. You need both. You need the short-term impatience of having a fire under your ass that goes, I need to become the very best I can today because I don't know if I'm going to live tomorrow. That's a very real thing. But then you also need the absolute patience of that 20 years down the line, 40 years down the line, what lineage of excellence will be carried on because of the result of what I'm doing now. So what I'm doing now, especially young guys, young guys, young people, young clients, they do not get this. It is a common pattern amongst all of my younger clients that are anywhere between 18 to 23. They only think of themselves and what it means for them in the space of this week and maybe next week. That's, that's as far as their minds extend for the most part. You know, they might have areas in their lives that it kind of peaks, like maybe they're really hardcore into guitar or really hardcore into business development or into tech or IT or whatever, and maybe they can see a little bit further down the line with that. But it certainly doesn't extend to potential offspring and children and to lineage of excellence that goes beyond their death. But there's, and I'm saying in the present moment, when you go out tonight, if you're if you're if you're one of my uh, 18 to 23 year olds, and you're going out tonight, or you're going out tomorrow or today, I don't need you to hold ideas of lineage of excellence beyond your death when you're in that moment. I need you to hold ideas of doing the very best you can with your 50 in this one interaction, one interaction at a time. But the way you get to that lineage of excellence is because of the day now. 80 years from now begins today. 80 years from now begins today. What you do and choose to do today, what mindsets you take on, what actions you execute today is what is going to result in 80 years. Because 80 years time is only a collection of more todays. Just today, and then when you wake up tomorrow, will be today. And then when you wake up the next day, will be today. Tomorrow doesn't exist. It's just ever today, aka the moment at hand. This moment comes but once in a lifetime. So whatever decisions you're going to decide to do now, you're going to do this online dating, that's fine. That's fine, but you put enough days and enough moments of only doing that, well, then we'll see who you are in 80 years. We'll see who you are in 80 more years of today's. Is that who you want to be? I'm not going to tell you not to be that person, but it's a question you have to ask yourself. And the, the results will, will reflect. So just going down the chat here. By the way, guys, if you are enjoying this content, feel free to drop a comment and uh, hit the thumbs up down below. It'd be most appreciated. Ben High then came and saying with the next comment, Adam, you're on a thundering roll in capitals. Keep it going, mate. I love the energy. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, I get very passionate about this stuff. I'm going to remember to uh, make sure we don't get off on too many tangents, but I get very passionate about long-term growth. Potentially where, where, especially when it's, a mistake that people don't know they're making. That's the, that's the most painful of mistakes, the ones that you don't know you're making. That's why it's the job to God, the job to enlighten. Fuego Vibe then comes in saying, I would say how they feel about dating would be the test because the one who went on cold approaches 
only had to work harder for it and would appreciate it more at the end probably. Oh, yes, Fuego. All right. Fuego has segued, bamboo-shooted us into the weight of lessons. What he's described there at the end, which he doesn't even know, is the very next topic, which is the weight of lessons. When he said, the one who only did cold approaches had to work harder for it, so he would appreciate it more at the end probably. That's a, that's, we're going to get, get straight back to that because that's going to be a great segue. Thanks for dropping that, Fuego. You're on the money there. Ben Hine then came and saying, can you tell us the story about the girl whose apartment you're in? Hang on. Could you tell us a story about the girl whose apartment you're in when the Chinese mafia busted it and you had to hide in the closet? <laughs> At times of my life, I've felt that I am ahead or behind my peers in one thing or another, but now I see that my journey leads me just where I need to be when I need it. And if I am not ready, I learn. Absolutely. Ben, uh, the Chinese mafia, aka the Chinese SEAL Team 6, I can definitely recount that story. It's one of the greatest stories of all time, to be honest, because uh, that was born from a cold approach, of course. You would never get that story from an online dating space. Uh, remind me in open Q&A, because it's not quite relevant to what we're talking about now, but I will definitely get that, because that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. And it's a good one because it's relevant to the overall topic of what we're talking about. Because that would only come the Chinese mafia, the Chinese SEAL Team 6 busting in while I was with a woman who I met during Cold Approach. That's, uh, that's so relevant to this topic, just not the specific point I want to go on next. So definitely copy and paste that when we get to open Q&A. Ben then went on to saying, and also, by the way, I love the last thing you said there, Ben, about... The journey just leads me, or the journey leads me to just where I need to be when I need it. If I'm not ready, then I learn. It's just, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Because, Ben, I don't expect you to, you don't need to answer this in the chat. Just answer it in your mind. But how do you know that you are ready? I've done entire podcasts on this concept. But how do you know you are ready? How do you know you are ready? If you can answer that in your mind, you have the key to the kingdom. Ben then went on saying, Adam, I love the legacy speaking you are giving us. Children and grandchildren are our greatest treasures we can have in this life because we can teach them through our own experiences or rather share them with them and so they may learn for themselves. Ah, that's a learning for Ben. Ben, I love the add-on there. So they may learn for themselves. That means you're learning. Because previous Ben over the past few weeks wouldn't have added that last little bit and I would have had to flag you on that. Good job. Good job. You're a good actor. NK then comes in saying, do you meditate? Yes, sir, Mr. NK. Life is meditation. So if you're referring to sit down Zen, absolutely. But uh, all life is meditation for me. And if you'd like some, uh, I do have a guided meditation, which is available on Bordage.com or a free cons- a free resource for you is how to meditate in five breaths. It's a video that I have on my channel, but I've been practicing regular sit-down Zen meditation since I was about 18. I'm now 27. Ah, T, aka Initial T, Mr. Takumi-kun comes in saying, yo, exclamation mark. Ben Hai comes in saying, didn't you do a video on the 80-year mindset? I did a video on the seven-year-old mindset, uh, which is the same principles, definitely. Uh, Anumina Malone then comes in saying, Restrictions may last years. How do you negotiate a mask in cold approach? 
Good question. When we get to open Q&A, feel free to redrop that if I can't see it. Uh, not relevant to the point right now. However, that is a good question. So we'll get back to that. Okay, so let's 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 get to the next topic here. So Fuego had given us Fuego Vibe had given us a great bamboo shoot into the next part of his podcast, which is we've just got done discussing the growth potential of cold approach and cold social dynamics versus online dating. That we talked about legacy uh, beyond just yourself, which is uh, key. However, we now need to talk about weight of lessons. This is the next real segment. Fuego Vibe had come in saying, I would say how they feel about dating would be the test in reference to my question of how would we test the lessons of a year of someone who did cold approach only and online dating only. And so he said that just how they feel would be the test about dating because the one who went on cold approaches only had to work harder for it and would appreciate it more at the end probably. So Fuego doesn't know what he's stepped on and what, 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 what gorge we're about to dive into here, but it's in his words when he says at the end, Harder, work harder for it, appreciate it more at the end. So let's step back out and zoom back out. The weight of lessons. Rewind back to Sun A, who only does cold approach for an entire year. 18 years old, unconsciously incompetent, goes out and is only allowed to do social interactions cold for the the next year. And then you've got the online dater who only does online dating for the next year. What do we think about, lads, in terms of the weight of lessons? Because it's not that online dating, even though we just flamed him in the growth potential, his potential for growth is so low compared to someone who only does cold approach. We get that. But in terms of the weight of each individual lesson, so growth potential speaks to speaks to depth and volume, whereas weight of lessons speaks to quality. What quality of lessons are on offer for someone who only practices at 18 years old an entire year of cold, cold approach and an 18-year-old versus an 18-year-old who only practices online dating? Drop that in the chat. We now switch your minds from now depth, depth and breadth, which comes through the growth potential. Now think about quality, the weight of lessons. What's said for the weight of lesson that comes through someone who only practices cold social dynamics? And someone versus someone who only does warm online dating. Speak to me about the weight and quality of the lessons. Let's get us started here. Because this is the one that where things are going to start to get emotional. This is the topic where this is the closest to my heart. Because this is where the real transformation comes. The growth potential, which we just got done speaking about. That is what gives access to the quality of lessons and the weight of lessons. If I think about all the experiences I've had, if you were to take all of my accumulation of experiences, oh, actually, here we go. Here we go. The Chinese, the Chinese SEAL Team 6. It's already come up organically, Ben, so let's do it now. So Ben Highland had asked me if I could recount the story of the Chinese mafia interrupting me and I had to hide in the closet uh, because of when I was with a woman one night. I have mentioned this story several times in the last 170 episodes because it's just that quality of a story. But the reason why it's relevant now is because we're talking about weight of interaction. So let me take you there. It's a beautiful summer, December, hot afternoon. Sun's going down. I'm in the mall with my best friend, Jordan. 
actually uh, taking some photos. Taking some photos. Uh, this is when the business had just first began. And taking some photos for the website, aka photos of us in human interactions, doing cold approach. And I met this this uh, lovely, lovely Chinese girl. She was, well, how, how old was I at the time? Early 20s. And so she would have been roughly the same age. Because I've got to get ready for the story. This is a real story. So direct interaction as always. Direct, congruent, authentic. Stop her in the street. Cold human being. Okay. Stop her. Give her the intent. I thought she looked beautiful. I had to say hi. She loves it. She absorbs it. We go into an instant date. We just sit down. I've actually got photos of it, actually. Sitting down just on near the Maya Center where the big pillars are. We sit down. We chat it up. We bust it up. Then she tells me that she's going to a press conference for some Chinese reality TV show stars. They're somehow, for some reason, in Adelaide. Actually, there's actually a big Chinese community in Adelaide, so it made sense now looking back. At the time, it didn't make sense to me at all. I was like really shocked. And so I go, okay, where is it? And she goes, oh, it's down at this hotel, which is down Heinley Street, which is about a 15-minute walk away from where we are. So I said to her, all right, listen, you, I walk her to the end of the mall, but I say, listen, you go to your Chinese reality star show press conference thing. I'll meet you back later on and we'll go down to the river. So basically a, a an amalgamation of a same day date, same day instant date. There was just like a one hour pause in between it. One hour pause, I go back up to Jordan's apartment. We put the gear away. I go back down an hour later. I meet her in the mall and we resume. So I take her down to the, I take her down to the Torrens River. Yeah, it's like it's sunny. It's perfect. Swans are going by in the river. It's just beautiful. Sitting down there on the bench near a, a cold interaction, my friends. And at this stage, very comfortable. Unconsciously competent, of course. Sitting down there next to her on the bench, I feel the time is right, as always. And I'm like, I need to kiss this girl. I need to find if we have a real connection here. So I lean over. I go to kiss her. And she just turns, she turns her, cheeks away, her cheek away playfully. Now, at this stage, it's like, okay, that's a bit strange because obviously if I'm kissing her, the moment's right. I've read it right. We've had thousands of experiences reading this moment. So something's going on here. I'm like, oh, that's okay. And then all of a sudden, I see a tear drop down her cheek. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, hang on a second. What's going on here? I like freak out. I've never seen this happen before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. When I say freak out, I freaked out in my mind because I'm like, what, did I do something here? But then I try to steady myself in the moment and go, oh, whoa, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, did, did I do something wrong? And she goes, no, 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 not at all. But she had a tear drop down her eye when she turned away from me, from me trying to kiss her. And so the best thing I knew to do in the moment was just one punch man it and just don't make a big deal of it. Don't overpressure it. Don't try and psychologically dive into what could be going on within her. At this stage, I'd never been of a girl that had been sexually abused before prior in her past history. So I just I backed it up and I went back to just chilling, talking. She went back to normal. She was happy, playing, playful energy as usual. I don't know, probably about 20 minutes later, I go to kiss her again. Same thing. She just she turns, gives me the cheek and starts crying again. And I'm like, okay, okay. All right, well, something is going on here. And so what I say to her is that, listen, I understand. Uh, can you explain to me? I want to understand. Please explain to me what's going on here. And she goes, she just keeps reassuring me it's not me. Like it's got nothing to do with me, but she won't say anything more than that. 
And so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to dig any deeper for it. I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll take you back up to the mall and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get, we'll leave it there then. We'll leave it there. And just leave, leave it on a high note, not making her feel bad about it, not trying to drop the energy at all. We had a great date up, up until that point. You know, met her up in the mall. She uh, had an instant date, resumed for the next instant date that same day and then down to the river. It's just this little kiss thing with the tears in the cheek, which I'd never seen before, which now reflecting in post obviously indicates what, guys? Hurt locker. Sexual abuse in the past. She's getting a trigger moment. For those of you that have watched the How to Love a Woman Who's Been Sexually Abused. Something to do with being kissed on the cheek triggered in her deep feelings of emotions. Tied to her past history. Obviously nothing I did in the moment, as she reassured me. So, so you got, for those of you that don't know this story, you might be thinking, ah, oh, that's it. That's it. Okay, back to the podcast. What's the lessons? No. No, this is where the story begins. So we go back up into the mall. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably the end. So I'm in the same boat as you guys. This is probably probably not going to see this girl again. Because remember, I don't, have, I don't have years of experience of dealing with women who have comprehensive hurt lockers that have been through a lot of pain. I, I, this is the first time I've ever seen her before. And so we get back up into the mall. I can still see where King William and Hindley Street intersect. And the sun's going down. It's a very late sunset. And I say to her, listen, well, it was, it was great meeting you. I, I, I tried to give her a one-handed hug, but she was very skittish about it. Like, she, she did it, but she was just, you could see she was, like, shaken up about something. And I say to her, okay, well, you know, see you another time then. You know, have, have a good one, essentially. Have a good one, essentially. Just thinking that, well, that's, that's probably a burn. That's probably a burn ticket. That's probably in the sense of that I... Because at the time, I don't know if it's something I have actually done that was wrong or if it's her hurt locker. I didn't know that at the time. So I just chalk it up as always. I must have made a mistake somewhere. I must have done something in my 50, which I will need to reflect on. But in this moment, I have no expectations and the sound in my mind rings. And it's over now. Principles. Always look at our 50 first. No attachment. So I leave. I go back home, catch a bus home. It only takes about 10, 15 minutes. I get a text. The moment I walk in the door, from the same girl. We'll call, her, we'll call her Jenna, fake name Jenna. Get that text saying, hey, do you want to come over for dinner tonight? Whoa. Whoa. What are you talking about? You want to come over for dinner tonight? You, you just turned away a kiss on the cheek on a park bench and started crying. Now, I know that you said it wasn't because of me, but I don't know if that's really true. I still got to talk, I got to have time to reflect on this experience. But now, I only met you earlier this afternoon. I met her at like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., had the initial cold, cold interaction, went on the first instant date, took an hour break, resumed for the second date, which is only an hour later, had that weird kiss moment thing, which lasted a couple of hours on the bench, really. And then I've 10, 15 minutes home. It's about 6 p.m. when I walk in the door. And I get a text from her saying, do you want to come over for dinner? I'll, not only do you want to come over for dinner, I will make you dinner. She specifically text saying, I will make you dinner. You guys want to know what it was? It was a chicken stir fry. There was a lot of carrot in it. I remember these details because this story is just, when the, when the peak moment comes, the unleashing is insane. So 
So I messaged, I remember messaging Jordan saying, listen, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to this girl's place tonight, apparently. And he texts me back saying, what do you mean, apparently? And I'm like, well, I don't know. So, <laughs> And he, of course, texts back just question marks. I don't answer them. I like to leave people on the hook, especially close, close friends, close wings. See if they know, they know. So I go, I drive to her place, which is in Chinatown. Now, the Chinatown in Adelaide, if you've never been there, is like a cul-de-sac. It is apartments upon apartments, but not like skyscrapers. It's not like Melbourne. Adelaide is a very small city. Like the highest skyscrapers may be like 10, 15 floors up. But it's just, and but there are new buildings. Like there are new accommodation that look kind of fancy. I've been to a few, I've been to a few dates in there and a few... I've been in those apartments. That wasn't this. This was the cul-de-sac part that was like the third world. This was like, you know, the rundown apartments, the old apartments. And so I rock up. I'm using my, my Google Maps, my GPS to try and get there. It doesn't even really help me. And then it's like down this laneway and there's like chickens. And you feel like, I actually feel like I'm in Hong Kong or something. That's where it feels like. I've never even, I've lived in Adelaide all my life, basically. Never been to this part of Chinatown before. Just deep, deep. And I rock up and there's the flywire door. There's the flywire door that's opened. It's not even locked. And I, I knock on it and I'm like, hello. I open it up. And she was upstairs. She comes down the stairs, which is right at the front door. And she's like, oh, you're here. You're here. And I'm like, you just leave the door unlocked in this shady neighborhood. And she's like, ah, it's fine. It's fine. And so she's like, sit, sit, sit. I made you dinner. And I'm like, what's going on here? It's like as if the crying on the bench when I tried to kiss her never even happened. And she's like so happy to see me and she's made me dinner. And so I I sit down. She gets me a ridiculous sized bowl. Like there's no way I could finish all this food, nor do I want to because uh, of potentially what could happen here. I don't want to be digesting large quantities of uh, food matter. And so she's just, but she doesn't eat though. She doesn't eat Ben. I'm sitting there in this low lit, like plastic, you know, kind of plastic table. There's like a, a like a typical Chinese low lit lamp, and there's like there's there's a housemate as well who comes by at a certain point, but not yet. And I'm just sitting there. I'm eating, and she's just sitting there on the table like this, just like with her elbows rested on it and her hands, her her chin in her hands, like her head in her hands, just like enraptured by my presence like just like a it's like a little a little baby essentially just watching me eat and i'm like this is really strange are you sure you don't want some and she's like no no i'm gonna you eat you eat the housemate comes by he's like a chinese student as well he's a male he's a guy he comes down and i'm like oh hey how's it going mate and he's like he's really just super introverted super shy super skeptical and uh, we don't have much of a bat, but I'm like, okay, this is fucking weird. I already feel like I'm in a different country. This Chinese girl didn't, didn't, didn't kiss me on the bench, but then started crying twice. Wouldn't explain why. And now I'm here in the chicken stir fry. And now the, the introverted chubby Asian guy goes by. What the fuck's happening here? And in my mind, this is like, you've got to calm down, Adam, because I'm trying to understand what's happening in this scenario. So finally, I said, I can't eat anymore. This is too much. Just wrap it up. Put in a doggy bag. I'll take it later. And not that she understood any of that because <laughs> English is not her first language. That's okay. And so she takes me upstairs. Now, this is where the SEAL Team 6 is about to bust in. She takes me upstairs. There's like three bedrooms. Two of them 
well, there's like there's three bedrooms that I can see anyway. Two of them are empty. One of them are hers. I don't know where the housemates been, but I actually had took a peek. I like had a look inside because it's so shady. And and so I go, I go into her room. It's a typical Chinese girl who's moved to Australia's room. It's pink everything. It's uh, fluffy cats and kittens and her. She's like an architect student, and there's like a big drawing easel board and. And so there's this a single bed and I sit down on the bed and I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Because I'm a young Adam in this journey here. I've never experienced this before. And I'm like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't kiss me on the bench, yet she was happy to invite me to her apartment and to make dinner for me. So what the hell's going on here? I'm like, start back at the beginning. Start back at the beginning. She comes in, she sits down on the bed next to me. And I say, all right. I'm going to just lie down. So I lie down. I'm on the far edge of the bed that was connected to the wall and the windows. And she won't lie down. I lie down to show my comfortability. I think that's the best thing to do. So I just lie down. She just sits on the bed though and talks to me and kind of pats me on the head a little bit, you know, strokes my hair a little bit. She was comfortable with that. And then some time, quite a bit of time goes by at least an hour, she's playing her music, she's showing me these weird Chinese apps that I've never seen before that are like social media apps where you earn points and you put up these videos doing these weird selfies and you earn points, it's like a real, so I'm in a whole different world right here and and then I say to her, hey listen, just just lie down next to me, so don't worry, I won't, I might give you the example, I won't, I'll just keep my hands here, we don't need to do much, uh, just, just lie down, just relax. And so she actually does. She lies down next to me and it's just, it's two chopsticks in a bed, essentially. Just two chopsticks in a bed. Like I don't, I'm not touching her at all. She's not touching me. And I'm like, how is this going to work? What are we doing here? I don't understand what's happening here. And so I just lean, I turn onto my side to face her and, you know, supporting my head with my elbow. And I look at her and I say, I just verbalize it to her. I say, listen, what happened earlier? What happened on the park bench when you started crying when I just tried to kiss you on the cheek? And she just, she does the same thing. She shakes her head. She turns her head and goes, no, no. She goes, no, it was just, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And, but she starts crying a lot more now, like a lot more, like actual streams, not choking, not a lot of vocals, not a lot of noise, but just a lot of liquid, a lot of streaming of tears coming out. But this time I'm not freaking out because I've experienced it twice now. And so I'm just like observing. I'm just, I'm there with her. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Just talk to me about it. That's all. Just tell me what happened. We don't have to kiss now. We don't have to do anything now. I just want to understand. That's all I'm trying to do right now up in this weird situation. Eventually, it just turns to silence. She won't answer me. She won't. The tears stop, but it just goes silent. And I give up. I give up. I, I go back to lying on my back. I look, I look up at the ceiling and I just stare at the ceiling with her next to me. And I just, I say nothing. I do nothing. I just go to breathe. I just breathe. I just go back to my meditative practice and I just breathe. All of a sudden, I don't know how much time goes by, but it felt like just a long time. Like it felt like I had been in this presence for a long time. And all of a sudden she turns over and just kisses me. Turns over, kisses me on the lips. Very, very... Tentatively though, like just just a pressing of lips, 
Barely, though. Like, as if two feathers had touched each other. That's how much connection there was physically. And that's it. And then she pulled away. And I'm like, whoa. I was like, I was like, well, in my mind, I was like, whoa. But I didn't freak out physically. But physically, I was like, okay, so what are you trying to tell me here? What are you trying to show me? You ready now? So I turn aside, and I then she's lying back. And I go, okay. I say, I know this sounds very strange, but I'm going to kiss you. Okay, I'm just going to kiss you. Like I actually said it to her this time instead of just doing it, which sounds so strange. I go in and I go to kiss her. I kiss her, but she doesn't kiss back. It's that same weird feather thing. But this time, she's not crying. There's no tears coming out. Her eyes are wide open, though. She doesn't know. How, she doesn't close her eyes, which is very strange. And I kiss her, and I'm like, "This doesn't seem right, does it? This feels really weird." And and she doesn't say anything, and I just. I go back to lying on my back and this is where shit goes down. All of a sudden, I hear loud banging doors outside, downstairs. It sounds like at least six people have just busted in through the front door. There is yelling. People yelling in China just like, oh, my daughter. It's just crazy yelling in this building. I'm like, what's going on? I start freaking out. She jumps off the bed. She like darts off. We were in this serene, weird, silent present moment. Like a cat, she gets off the bed somehow in one motion. She goes, you you wait here, you wait here. And I'm like, all right, fuck. And then she runs out of the door and starts yelling at Chinese herself. This little delicate lotus flower just starts yelling at Chinese as his other guy's like, oh, no, no, no. And she's like, no, no, no. And it's just all this yelling back and forth in a language I don't know. What do I do? I go hide in the closet. I get in the closet. I don't know what to do. It sounds like the Chinese SEAL Team 6 has just busted in. So I get in the closet and (laughs) while all this is happening, I text, I I got my phone, I text Jordan and I text him saying, I'm in the closet, Chinese SEAL Team 6 is here. (laughs) And that's all I tell him. That's all I say to him. And of course he texts me back saying, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And then so while I'm in the closet, and all this yelling, and I'm not talking about like other girls, loud, deep Chinese men, right? Just just yelling and and just slamming of doors, and it sounds like this is like a this was this is a meth lab, and a a team has been sent, a team has been sent to collect, and I'm just fucking, I'm in the closet, I'm literally in the closet hiding. Probably five minutes goes by, and I and then she comes back in, and she's like, "Adam, Adam, where'd you go?" And I just like peep open. I peep my head open just to make sure it's safe. And I'm like, "Is it all good?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "What the hell was that?" I like slide. It's as if my body's become liquid. I I I barely, scarcely take a breath and just kind of slink my body out. Still with my, still with the potential to get back in is what I'm trying to say. Not trying to leave this closet too quick. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, "What's what's wrong with you?" (laughs) I'm like, "What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me?" There's there's Chinese men yelling out, "What's going on?" And she's like, "There were just the tenants. It was just." The, some tenants were being shown around. The landlord came to inspect the rooms. And I'm like, so that wasn't Chinese SEAL Team 6. She doesn't speak great English, so she doesn't know what I'm saying. But so I say, I'm like, so it wasn't Chinese SEAL Team 6. And I'm like, so it's, there's nothing wrong. And she goes, no, there's nothing wrong. Why are you, she's like, why hiding in closet? Why hiding in closet? And I'm, I'm looking at her like, are you fucking insane? 
what do you think I'm going to do? What do you think I'm going to do when it sounds like the entire building's about to collapse and that Chinese men are going to come to steal my liver? I don't know what's going on. It's a meth lab. It's Chinese organ thieves. It's Chinese SEAL Team 6. Whatever's going down, I'm getting in the closet. How dare you judge me? (laughs) How dare you judge me? So let's just recap what's happened here. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of q and I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.